This is Eric Boll, Missouri Farm Bureau's Director of Public Affairs. Welcome to Around the Kitchen Table, our weekly podcast where we talk about the things that our members are talking about around their kitchen tables. Today, I'm joined by Chris Chen, Director of the Missouri Department of Agriculture. So pull up a chair and join us. Thanks for joining us, Chris. Hi, Eric. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. You're our uh, second time guest. I think you're maybe the third person who's been on here twice. So we're finally starting to get enough episodes under our belt to where we're having some repeat people, but you're one of the better ones we've had over the last few months. So glad to have you back to talk. Well, thank you. I'm honored to get asked back. Absolutely. Love to have any chance to talk to you. And, you know, you've been on the job now for almost a year. You're no stranger to Farm Bureau as well, because you spent a lot of years involved deeply in Farm Bureau before becoming director of the Department of uh, Agriculture. But uh, what what was your background before getting into that role as director? So I was a full-time farmer. Um, my husband, Kevin, and I are fifth-generation farmers. We raise hogs, cattle, corn, soybean, and kids on our family farm in Clarence. <laughs> I was a volunteer um, in Farm Bureau on my county level. I was actually the state board member for District 2 up in Northeast Missouri. I've had experience being on the American Farm Bureau Young Farmers and Ranchers Chairman, and I served as chairman my second year in that. I was one of U.S. Farmers and Ranchers Alliance's Faces of Farming and Ranching, Mm -hmm. and I also was a volunteer for the National Pork Board. I served on their Domestic and Marketing Committee as well. I don't think I knew that one. Yeah, so I just tried to stay involved. I was also on the Missouri Pork Association Board of Directors, Mm -hmm. too. Great. So in that experience, you know, Kalina Bruce is doing the same role as you now. I believe, if I'm remembering right, we've only had two female chairmen of the National AFPF uh, YFNR Committee, and they've both been from Missouri. Am I remembering that right? Right. I think there was one woman back in the early 1980s, is what I was told. So we we are, but, you know, two from Missouri. Yeah. Very good. So what do you feel like has been... Um, were you able to give her any advice in that role? Obviously, um, she was a, a pretty unique person to be taking that over. Um, w- what did you give her um, to help her succeed in this role this year? Well, you know, the, I think the thing that helped me the most is someone told me, um, make the most of your year. It's mm-hmm. a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Do what works for you and your family. And so when Kalina was elected as chair, I shared that same advice with her, to, to make the most of your year, um, to do as many things as she could reasonably while still keeping a balance with home life and work as well. Um, but it truly was a whirlwind of a year for me. I was gone over 165 days that year wow. traveling, um, but it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And uh, I learned a lot, and I grew a lot from that experience. Oh, no doubt. That's such an incredible opportunity. I've talked to her quite a bit about the amount of time she spends away from home and away from the kids. And it seems like it was even a few uh, nights more than that, that she's been away or that she will have been away by the end of her term. So I know that's a huge um, sacrifice, but in this new role as director uh, of Missouri Agriculture, how much are you spending? How much time are you spending in Jeff City as opposed to back home? So I'm in Jefferson City all week long. Um, uh-huh. I try to make it home one night through the week if I can. That doesn't always work out, but I try to be at home on the weekends on the farm um, to get energized again because that <laughs> truly is, you know, what motivates me every single day: being around my family and the farm. And you know, I think it's good to to be back in a rural area and to experience the hardships that are there mm-hmm. or the fun times that are there as well. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I still take care. of 
of the books on our family farm. So on the weekends, I get up early and I go pay our bills because that seems to be one job nobody's excited to do. <laughs> uh, that's for sure. But whether it be at home or your business, nobody really wants to have to do that. Uh, what? How have you had to change your operations um, to take on this job? Because obviously you were spending every night at home and now you're spending a good bit of your time away. Have other family members picked up part of it? Have you had to hire it out? Or uh, what, what changes have you had to make? You know, it has been a lot of change for Kevin and the kids. Um, Kevin's had to take over some of the responsibilities I was doing before. Uh, the kids have to do a little bit more, as well as his mom and dad have stepped up to help us. Um, my mom volunteered to take over some more of the paperwork that I had been doing, so that's been a blessing. Mm-hmm. And then we did have to hire out um, our veterinary clinic to do some of the paperwork that, that we just couldn't keep up with. So it has been a change, um, <laughs> but it truly has been a team effort with my family. I couldn't have done it without them. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm sure you're just now starting to get used to it, even though you've almost been in the, the job a year. It takes quite a while. Everyone says it takes almost a year to get used to any new job. Yeah. Uh, what, what lessons do you feel like you've been learning throughout that process? Well, you know, you're right. It, it does feel like it takes at least a year to feel comfortable. Um, some of the lessons I've learned is that every day is different. Mm-hmm. And what happened yesterday you think will be duplicated the next day. It never is. Mm-hmm. Um, every day the Department of Ag faces um, a new challenge or a new opportunity, depending on what the day is. And so, you know, you really just have to be flexible and be able to to change. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably been the biggest thing that um, I didn't expect because I felt like it was going to be the same every day. Mm-hmm. And it truly has not been that way. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll back up a little bit too. those experiences that you had that you already talked about with both uh, Farm Bureau and Pork Board and all the various different things you've done and, and USF&R. How do you feel like those experiences prepared you for this job? So, you know, I think my leadership roles in in both of those organizations prepared me for the diversity that is in Missouri agriculture, Mm -hmm. that not all farms are the same and what works on one farm doesn't work on the other. So you have to be very considerate of your neighbor in making those decisions. And you have to try and put yourself in in your neighbor's shoes or in the shoes of a consumer um, to truly feel what they're feeling. And so that's that really opened my eyes. You know, I was um, in the Partners in Ag Leadership PAL Class 5 with American Farm Bureau, and that was one of the things that they taught us in that class was always put yourself in the other person's shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, look at it from their point of view. Try to defend it from the, you know, the, the um, issue from their point of view as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I do every day at the Department of Agriculture is I try to put myself in the other point of view, and I try to defend that issue from the other side so that you can truly get a good understanding of it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I've heard that said before that um, the only way that you can really tell that you uh, you're able you're, you're never able to fully argue your own point of view until you can argue the other person's point of view in a way that they would agree. Yeah, that is my point of view. You could you can state the way that they feel in a way that they would at least acknowledge that you basically understand how they say it, and then you can start to really under uh, to, to argue your own point of view more effectively. So it sounds like that's the same type of thing that you that you learned. It is, you know, and it's been very beneficial for us. We've faced many challenges at the <laughs> Department of Agriculture in the last That's 11 sure. months. So um, having that... It hasn't that, been an easy year, has it? No, it has not. Um, so, you know, being able to put myself in other people's shoes has been very beneficial to the, the role that I'm in as director. Mm-hmm. Well, um, how did you end up getting into that director position? And <laughs> you may not even fully know that. There may have been things happening behind the scenes that you never even became aware of, but to the best of your knowledge and the amount you're, you're able to share. Uh, how did that come about that you became the director? So probably 
four to five years ago, um, I had a, a friend um, who said, hey, I've got this guy who has never been on a hog farm before and would just like to learn more about him. Would you mind if I bring him out? And I said, no, that'd be fine. And it ended up being Governor Greitens. <laughs> well, that's fortuitous. <laughs> yeah. So he came out and he spent probably three hours with me on our family farm, learning about agriculture, what we do on our farm, some of the challenges we face. Uh, he went to our family feed mill and he toured it. And he was just very interested. He asked lots of great questions, just trying to fully understand what a day is like for us on the farm, what opportunities were out there for us to continue farming and what challenges were there. And so, you know, I had no idea at that time that I had just given a tour of our family operation to Governor Greitens. But he remembered that tour and he remembered the conversations that we had. And so in December of last year, he called me and asked if I would be willing to serve as his director of agriculture and the rest is history. That's really a wonderful story. That's It's always interesting when people know others before they become famous. It, it really leads to a different type of relationship. Um, and how do you think that that has affected your relationship, your working relationship with him once he became governor? You know, I think it's been very beneficial because we had the opportunity to know each other before he became the governor. Mm -hmm. um, he had the opportunity to ask me all the questions he wanted, and I had the ability to be free in answering those questions and not worrying about giving um, the politically correct answer or, <laughs> or an answer somebody I an answer that I thought needed to be said. Um, so, you know, I was able to just totally be myself, get to know him on a one-on-one -on -one level. And, uh, you know, even throughout his campaign, every once in a while, he would have some staff people that would say, hey, can you explain this issue in agriculture for me? Um, and so just being able to to offer him that support and that advice and guidance, um, you know, I felt very fortunate to be able to do that. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about making sure that we protect agriculture. And whoever is governor, we want, to, we want that person to protect agriculture because mm -hmm. it is our number one industry in the state of Missouri. Sure. Well, um, the transition from the previous administration to the Grides administration, how did that work when you uh, were coming into the department and taking over for uh, Richard Fordyce, who is also another close friend of Farm Bureau and who was, I believe, wasn't he also the national wife and our chairman um, as well? And how did that uh, transition work? And what were some of the um, high points and low points, the stumbles or the easy parts of that? Well, you know, it's always hard to come in behind someone like um, Richard, who, you know, you respect and is a good friend, you know. The staff was sad to see him leave. Um, so, you know, that's intimidating when you come in knowing that people loved your predecessor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you you don't want to do anything to make your employees feel uncomfortable. Um, you know, with new administration changes, there's always an amount of nervousness about, is my job safe or am I going to be able to keep the new person happy? Um, so, you know, I was always trying to make sure that I kept our employees at ease and comfortable and letting them know that, you know, they were important. They were the foundation of the Department of Agriculture and whoever sits in that chair of director, we're going to rotate in and out. Um, but it truly is our employees working every day in the trenches and in that building to make sure that the foundation that is established there remains strong. And so it truly is about em empowering your employees to do what they know how to do and, and to have the ability to, to feel like they can make some decisions without getting in trouble for that. Um, sure. And, you know, Richard laid a great foundation for that at the department, and I just have built upon that foundation mm -hmm. to help, you know, carry out the vision that he had for the department as well. Mm -hmm. uh, well what, do you, what do you like about your job now? 
You know, I love getting to meet so many new farmers and ranchers from all across the state. Um, but I think the highlight is when I get asked to go to a college campus and talk with a group of FFA kids or an ag class. Um, you know, I really enjoy meeting with those kids because they truly are our future. Um, and they're the reason I'm here today. I want to make sure that we pass on a strong agriculture industry to this next generation. And so, you know, you can get bogged down in the policy and the day-to-days of the Department of Agriculture, but when you get to go be with a group of kids that have a lot of energy and a lot of great ideas, um, it reminds you why you're really there every day. Um, yeah. it just, it's very motivating, so I love that part of the job. Absolutely. What are some of the harder parts of your job? Obviously, there are some days that you feel like you're banging your head against a wall, um, and you've, as you mentioned, had some really challenging issues to, to work through this year. What have been some of the, the toughest days you've had? You know, I think some of the toughest days have been dealing with dicamba because you got to find that right balance because mm-hmm. it's such a decisive, um, divisive issue. We have farmers on both sides of this issue. We have companies on both sides of this issue. Um, and we have to do a good job of representing all sides of the issue. And so you have to take your personal feelings and set them aside and truly look at what is best for everybody. Um, and sometimes what's best for everybody is not giving anybody what they wanted, unfortunately. Right. And so that's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had a lot of unhappy people with us and I, I've been in their shoes. I understand that. Um, and so truly it's about trying to find that balance to make sure that we're representing everybody and doing what's right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. You're never going to make everyone happy, especially on an issue like that where, and as with many issues, sometimes we talk about them as being, um, you have to see the other side. Well, sometimes there are five sides to an issue. And Dicamba seems to be one of those issues where it's not just one side versus the other. It's a bunch of sides. And it's almost impossible to find a solution. That's, well, it probably is impossible to find a solution that makes everyone happy. So we, <laughs> we appreciate the work that you've done to try to find that solution that takes out everyone else's opinions into account uh, on the uh, on the proactive side of things, it seems like you have really um, tried to come up with an initiative that that looks forward and is making the department um, not just reacting to the issues of the day, but trying to spread that the story of agriculture and uh, your more initiative. Um, could you tell us a little about that and how that came about and what you hope that that can do? Sure. So our more initiative is our strategic plan that's going to guide us over the next three years. It's got four pillars, feed more, reach more, connect more, and empower more. Um, Everything that we do at the Department of Ag is going to fit into one of those four pillars so that we make sure that we are staying focused and mission driven. You know, feed more is is all about raising awareness about food insecurity. Uh, One in five Missourians today are food insecure. And so we want to raise awareness about that because farmers and ranchers want to make sure that we have affordable food and abundant food. And so it's very important for consumers to understand food labels and that organic food and non-organic food have the same nutritional value. Um, That's important for those families that are food insecure. They have to be able to have affordable food for their family table. It's also about, you know, export markets and making sure that Missouri farmers have the opportunity to have new markets becoming available in the future. Our Reach More is all about telling the story of agriculture um, to consumers. Farmers and ranchers have great trust in our food supply because we know how that food is produced. We want to make sure that our 
consumers in the urban areas feel that same trust. And so we're getting out there trying to have those important conversations and and use social media as our platform to share that story so consumers have that trust in farming and in our farmers as well in the food we produce. Uh, Connect More is all about making sure our rural communities stay connected. Many farmers and ranchers are not able to get high-speed internet or broadband, and so we want to raise awareness about that. We've been trying to promote um, companies coming to the table and talking in rural communities about how we can meet that need. We had a stakeholder summit with Missouri Farm Bureau, the University of Missouri, and the Missouri Economic Development um, Department as well, and we, we brought over 100 stakeholders together in July to talk about this issue. And so we're really excited um, because, you know, even the Missouri Electric Co-ops are going to play an extremely important role in making sure we get rural broadband to that last mile. We have so much technology available in agriculture today, and the best way to bring our kids back home is to allow them access to that technology. Mm-hmm. It's also going to keep our farms efficient and keep us com- um, competitive with farmers in neighboring states that aren't faced with the issues that we're faced on rural broadband. And then Empower More is about letting farmers do what they do best, and that's farm. So if we have rules and regulations that are stopping farmers from being productive, we want to know about it. We're going to roll those back if we can and make sure that we stay out of the way, that government's here to protect people but not be in their way. And on that that specific note, you've been going through the process of the NOMA Red Tape Initiative to review all of the regulations that are currently on the books to see if they need to be changed, reduced, um, or otherwise addressed. Where are we in that process, and how has that been going so far? So we're almost ready at the department to wrap up our review. Um, We've been going through all the public comments, and we're just about done with our internal review. Um, This will be posted on the website so that uh, consumers, farmers, and ranchers can check in to see where we're at in that progress. So as soon as we wrap that up, we're hoping to be done by the end of December. Um, Then that will be going over to the Secretary of State's office, and, and the process will move along from there. Great. Well, that's definitely something that's been needed to be done for a lot, a lot of years. And, you know, our, our own internal review, um, there's a lot of other departments that have more onerous regulations than the Department of Agriculture. So um, they may have more uh, regulations that they need to cut back on, but there's always room to improve on what we currently have. So we appreciate the work you've done with that. I know that's not easy. Uh, it's a lot to, to go through and try to find better ways to do things. You're exactly right. You know, a lot of our role, Department of Agriculture, is about consumer protection and mm-hmm. protecting our farmers and ranchers at the same time. So it has been a challenge for us to try and reduce the number of regulations that we have because so many of them have a protection role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, that's one thing before we wrap up. There are so many things in the Department of Agriculture that I have learned I had no idea you even did. Were there any surprises to you when you started in the department? There were. Um, you know, that's exactly why we're doing our Reach More Tour, where we're taking our leadership teams to annual meetings for ag groups mm-hmm. so people have a better understanding. You know, when I got to the Department of Ag, I had no idea that we were in charge of land surveys mm-hmm. and, you know, placing that's a new those one. markers. I didn't know that actually until you just said it. So. Yeah. You know, we're in charge of egg regulations. We're mm-hmm. in charge of milk regulations. You know, so many of those things I had no idea were set in the Department of Agriculture. Uh-huh. And so, you know, that's why we want to make sure people understand what we do and how we can serve them better. Mm-hmm. And I even remember um, learning that you're in charge of uh, ensuring the gas pumps are calibrated correctly. Is that right? Yeah. So we're in charge of all the fuel standards um, in Missouri, making sure that, you know, the fuel quality is there. We make sure all the meters are right. Propane meters, uh, fuel pump meters, um, that all sits in the house of the Department of Ag. 
Wow. Well, that's a lot on your plate. And um, it seems to us that you've been doing a wonderful job getting started, and we really appreciate the work that you've done so far. Uh, if people are willing to learn more about what you do or, or follow you on on social media, uh, where, where could they find you? So you can go to our website, agriculture.mo.gov, and there you can find our Facebook page, our Twitter handle, our Instagram page as well. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Mo Agriculture. And then if on Twitter, I personally have an account, and it's at Chris Chin. Great. Well, and there's always good stuff on there. We try to retweet you every now and then. So. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, everybody needs a little hand up on their Twitter every now and then. So, well, thank you again, Chris, for joining us. We really appreciate the, the work you're doing and the time that you've taken to sit down and talk with us today. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to be with you. Well, look forward to having you again soon. And thank you to all of our listeners as well. We appreciate you tuning in every week to listen to our discussions. And if you have any ideas for future episodes, please shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter. We'd love to hear your thoughts and try to take those up in a future episode. We'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.